Just like that, the final hour is here for the Tuesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. If you're listening to this great radio partner, we say thank you. If you're joining us on the live stream, you can join Chad in the chat right now on YouTube, Outkick.com, and more. Coming up on the bus or off the bus with some big topics uh, across the country, NFL and college football. Got some uh, interesting matchups in college this week. I know Clay's already put out his uh, his money makers, his wagering and betting picks. Interesting line, Chad, between Tennessee and Missouri. Yeah, based on the way Missouri I, performed I against that. Georgia. Uh, I was a little surprised. I, I feel like it was going to be kind of a a field goal kick to Missouri just for home field advantage and sort of a pick 'em game. Yep. But uh, opened at Tennessee favored by two and a half, down to one. Last I checked, Tennessee minus one at Missouri. Some good college football games this weekend. Yes. I can't wait to dive into my top 10 a little bit later in the week. But it's only Tuesday, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. We're two days away from the weekend. These shows have been you know, good today or good this week, but I feel like the week is sort of creeping by. We'll get into uh, Michigan to, and Penn State with a question. That we need it to pick out. up. We need the week to get going uh, swiftly Yeah, in a Taylor Swift type fashion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good. We have talked Kelsey today, so that's the closest we've got to Taylor Swift. Well, I mean, Kansas City is uh, certainly just coming back from Germany. Is, is The question would be, is is the NFL and is Kansas City trying to be the, the global team, the, the world's team for the National Football League? They were one of four organizations that put in, bid on, and won rights through the league. Remember when they did this a couple of years ago um, to, to have – marketing rights in certain countries and as far as germany is concerned the chiefs put in and got that now they're talking about moving to uh, putting a game in berlin and i believe carolina is going to be that team that is going to be hosting that game because carolina is also a franchise that put in for the marketing rights in that country yep um houston of course in what mexico city i believe that ties in the Patriots. Everyone put in believes somewhere. it's going to be the Panthers that gets the next Germany game, right? Because of the marketing rights. Now, yeah. a team will be told that they're going to be the visiting team of that game, uh, but not every organization put in bids for marketing rights. Some did, some didn't. And in this case, Kansas City certainly wants to be spread out and known as that team. And you have the face of the league in Patrick Mahomes playing for the franchise, the small market of Kansas City, Missouri, getting that global push. Well, and the, they had, a, I saw like a yacht that was in one of the rivers there in Frankfurt, and it was sort of the hub of all things Chiefs, where they had like displays of uniforms and memorabilia, and it just drew tons of people to that area throughout. It's really cool to, to see that. We see this with uh, the English Premier League teams in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that have a huge following. Now we're seeing this with NFL teams abroad. I, I when Patriots you look have at the, Germany too, I believe. I'm trying to rank just mentally the spots for games that are happening. I love the Germany series and games there. I like that they're eventually going to go to Dublin is, is the mm -hmm. idea now. We watched Notre Dame and Navy open the season in Dublin this year. That's really cool. Next year, right, it's going to be Spain or Brazil, one or the other. That's the thought. Thought is it's going to be Spain first, then maybe Brazil. The one that I'm least excited about, are games headed to Australia? I know the Rams have rights in Australia. 
But I, I see that, and I, I can't get all that excited about those games happening. They've even talked, Hutton, about those games taking place on like a Thursday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because the time difference, that it would take place not on a, on a uh, maybe a Friday, wouldn't t- would not take place on a Sunday. So the Rams, so that's also one to watch. You can tell where the NFL is going to be pushing games based on the international marking rights that were awarded in eight different countries to 18 teams. Uh, Australia, you're right with the Rams. Um, Brazil is Miami, the Dolphins. Canada, Vikings and Seahawks. Total makes total sense. Uh, in Germany, Carolina, Kansas City, New England, Tampa Bay, and in China, the Rams also have the international marking rights there. Well, the China one's going to be difficult uh, to go play a game over there in any time well, soon. Well, I'm saying they may open it back up again if you had 18 clubs. Who else wants in? Mexico has like seven or eight teams right now. Spain is Chicago and Miami. And in the U.K., um, everyone from the Vikings and Jets and 49ers to Bears, Jags, and Dolphins. Yeah, I was are included. Uh, reading Peter King this week. He he said Bears in Spain next year okay. is likely to happen with Miami playing in Germany this year. The other well, team Mi- with the rights but in Miami Spain. also has Brazil if yeah. you want to go there. Yeah, but he thinks first it's going to be Bears playing a game in Spain. And you, I mean, the top teams in the AFC are relatively small market uh, programs, like organizations. But it's cool to hear atmosphere uh, at these games. And it, it sounded like a Chiefs home game. When I was watching on on early what, Sunday morning in Germany, yeah, I mean, and that was yeah, you're right. I mean, even from not just from you're saying the music and the the uh, PA and well, the crowd. I mean, when the, it was fourth and ten, yeah, it was roaring like a, a game at Arrowhead. I, I thought it was. I mean, granted, it was eighty five percent Chiefs fans in the building by both travel and yeah German fans that were there, but it, it sounded like a Chiefs home game, which was cool. Um, this week, Patriots hosting. The Colts in Germany. Another uh, early morning kickoff this weekend. Uh, time to go uh, on the bus, or, or are we hopping off? There's more with Davey Hudson. Guys, as we get on this bus for this week's edition, we're going to be starting in the great city of Buffalo, New York. The Bills, they have owned the AFC East the last several years. And so I pose to you all that the Buffalo Bills will win their fourth consecutive AFC East title. They're not going to this year. I don't buy it. I've got Miami. It's going to be the Dolphins. Something's wrong with the Bills. Well, they're they're not. The the offense isn't putting up points. No, this is, it's not, it's not clicking. And I I can only say, oh, they'll figure it out. The the too many good players, Josh Allen, Diggs, all across the offense. I, I don't know that they're figuring it out. I'm, I'm off the bus on this. I, I think it's Miami's division also. Even though we're talking about a Dolphins team, that can't beat anyone that's good. But I, I, as I pointed out yesterday, their next six games, the combined record of those opponents are 24 and 25. So we're not going to know about the Dolphins until after they win the division. And then what happens when they host a playoff game against a good team? That's when we find out about the makeup and moxie of the Miami Dolphins. The Bills, meanwhile, it's not like they have a... a crazy schedule coming up over the next couple of weeks but once you hit uh thanksgiving at philly and then they will play at kansas city do you have a buy in between those okay philly bye week at kansas city host the dallas cowboys and then they hit the road right before christmas against the chargers they close the season 
against Miami, I believe, but they also have one more with the Patriots. Correct. Patriots so, then at Miami to close it out. Yeah. So I, I, I view that, Chad, as when you compare that to the Miami schedule, Miami's got the schedule that sets up for what they do. They score a ton of points and win games against teams that are just very average or bad. I, I do think that week 18 game for Buffalo at Miami will determine the winner of the AFC East. I think it will come down to the final week. But, guys, we're going to head on, and we're going to Ann Arbor, Michigan. If you notice, we didn't cut through Canada. I don't technically have a passport, so we can't do that legally. Got to get that passport, dude. Yeah, I know. I've been told that for the last 15 years. But, anyway. You're not on any list, are you? An FBI list or anything? We're uh, going to clear you just haven't done it? Yeah. Okay, that's good. We'll go with that one. Good. Uh, Tony Patetti, Petiti announces Michigan's punishment this week. We get some resolution. I am on the bus with this happening. I think too many reports are out there about these conference calls, meetings in Ann Arbor. Something may come down this week. They got the notice that something is going to happen. I think it's all setting up Hutton for news tomorrow. I think that that, that whatever the suspension is or whatever's going to happen, it will be sent to Michigan tomorrow and reported at that time. I... My question would be... And I think it's going to be a two-game suspension, by the way. So I'm going to go ahead and call it. So just the standard suspension. I think it's going to be two games for Harbaugh and that that is going to be negotiated beforehand that Michigan's not going to fight back from that. If it's just the standard suspension, and okay, if it happens this week and the standard suspension, sure, it it comes down, news dump Friday. But do you do that right before... You do that before, you know, any travel's done, right? No, it's it's got to be done well before Penn State. So I think it's happening tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Friday news dump. I mean, they well, can't unless Harbaugh knows a day and a half before he's not right, traveling. Right, uh, but okay. can't do it then. I would also, if I'm, it, it, the scheduling of when they announce this. So if it's more than the standard penalty, it goes before the committee of the Big Ten. What's the timetable for the committee to approve or reduce? Or I, I think it's all done. I, I, again, this is just my prediction. I think they've all pre-negotiated this. Committee, Petiti, Michigan. Two games. Here's what it is. Don't fight us legally. Move forward. We've done something. I, I think that's what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't, see, I don't know if it's, if it's been agreed to on the negotiated penalty because we keep hearing about Harbaugh and Michigan ready to take it to court immediately. And Ward Manuel's not in attendance tonight with the committee for the college football playoff. He stayed back in Ann Arbor. All that's very peculiar to See, having I, something that's been agreed to. I think putting that out there, though, helps Tony Petiti and the Big Ten sell to their members, we can't go over this or we're going to get sued, and he's just going to coach anyways. So it's not going to affect them at all because they're going to get an injunction. So I think even those reports – about Michigan prepared to battle in court actually helps the Big Ten get through the penalty they ultimately want, which is two games. Okay. To try to appease everyone. I, and to appease everyone on the two games, I would, I would simply say, wait. Wait until we see their opponents face them and actually have some on-field justice to it. And if they're still unbeaten after Ohio State, then... Then the, the agreed to two-game suspension comes into play. See, I believe... Or see what happens against Penn State. If they waited around and tried to do it for Maryland and Ohio State, and Ohio State was one of those games, I think they'd legally fight then. 
I really think Michigan is prepared to let him sit for these two games and, and see what happens. Back against Ohio State. Back against Ohio State. And also, conspiracy brain going again. Boy, what that does for already ratings of a great, great ratings for a game. That Harbaugh comes back from suspension for that one. What okay, but we we would be incredible. We've also discussed a lot about the optics and the power that Petiti can show, right? Yeah, it would be the opposite. It would be a limp beta move to just do whatever Michigan wants in this case. To, well, to, it's, to, to yeah, be as I don't know. And moving forward and actually trying to do something to be like, oh, they threatened to have the injunction, so it's just the standard violation. I don't know why you even bring it up if it's just the standard violation of a well, two-game I don't, suspension. I don't disagree with you at all, and I think that they're also afraid of getting sued, that Petiti's going to try to sell it as, this is what we can do that's going to happen right now. It's either that, or we try to say uh, it's an indefinite suspension, and just the word indefinite is going to trigger a lawsuit that gets them an injunction, and Jim Harbaugh misses no time. Well, it doesn't have to be the indefinite. The rest of the way. But, you know, it, it needs to be more than just two games and he's coaching during the week, which is what happened earlier this season, right? Like, I, I think I'm with you. I think a full two-week suspension, that he's away something. from the team for two weeks. Something. And then you, and then you have on the field an opportunity for the, the programs that are facing the pressure of beating Michigan to beat them. Yeah, but Davey, which to I your don't question, on the bus, they find out this week. Something's coming down I, this week. I'm Too on, much smoke to not the, have based something Based on the happen. timing, and you're right. You're it's right. all good. Yeah, it's uh, tomorrow. I think we'll have tomorrow. We'll know whether or not he's coaching for the Penn State game. But guys, heading on down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I don't have anything nice to say about that city, but Alabama wins the SEC. I'm off the bus on this. It is Georgia until proven otherwise, and I feel like a broken record saying this over and over again. But man, oh man. Uh, you know, we buried Carson Beck earlier in the year. Now he's fifth in the Heisman odds right now in Vegas. Their defense figures it out when they need to. Missouri had a ton of success running the football on them. Missouri had a ton of success a year ago against them. Should have beat them. Lost 26 to 22 up in Columbia. And that was a much worse Missouri team a year ago. Yeah. That team's better. Georgia still just figures out a way to get it done. And yes, Alabama has found a way to get it done also. Bama's back. They're going to be in that SEC championship game against Georgia, but Hutton, I still think it's Georgia's conference to win. Yeah, I, I, I go to Georgia, and that's the only team that I see Bama losing to. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it is a it is a great coaching job by Saban this year. I've you know, two months ago, roughly, we're discussing whether or not he's out and he's on to college game day. Yeah, you know, and now he is he has totally turned that team around, and that team and. All of the chatter behind the scenes and publicly questioning the program and the direction they were going at halftime of the Tennessee matchup to do what they did in the second half coming out of the locker room tells you that Saban is still locked in to that group and that program. I'm actually on the bus for this one, and part of my reasoning is I think uh, Dallas Turner will target Carson Beck early on and the rest won't blow their whistle. So that'll help put Georgia having to put their back up in in the SEC championship. But moving right along, going to Houston, Texas next. Chad, you and – By the way, we could always say, like, 
we could always say, Davey, that injuries will factor in. Like, yeah. that, that's a yeah. good Well, no, I mean, I'm taking more of a shot at the SEC for not calling targeting on a guy that's knocked out four quarterbacks yes. and the fact that Lane Kiffin's even speaking up about it. Yeah, but that was uh, bad. Dallas Turner, dirty player, simple as that. I, people can complain and say, no, nah, he's just – Fighting hard. The dude goes limp leg every single time. He wants to shove all his weight onto the quarterback after the quarterback's already down. It's also, by the way, a, a really smart penalty, even if he got the ejection, to knock out Jaden Daniels from a game, right? That's what's crazy about it is. Or Jackson Dart. Or yeah, more guys could start doing that if you if you use that as the example. We it in, was bad. It was dirty. We landed in Houston. You're on the bus for C.J. Stroud. Locking up offensive With all due respect to the great John McClain, he is the offensive rookie of the year. I am firmly on the bus on this one. Yeah, he's locked it up right now for sure. No one was talking about his performance against Carolina. We're all talking about what he did this past week against Tampa. Hook in the code. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. They are uh, here at their facility. Today is the Christmas load-in for the holiday season, Chad. When is... Uh, here, they want to make... They go all out, right? Mm-hmm. At the bar. So, yeah. the, the, at the property, it's going to be decked out. I love it. Um, is your tree up right now? It's not up right now. Uh, we wait until after Thanksgiving... Okay. But I will say, I have purchased eggnog. Okay. It is in the fridge right now. Chad's a big fan of eggnog. The moment it's available, which now is around mid-October, I think it's fair game for eggnog because it's so good. Should be a year-round treat, not just seasonal, but that's neither here nor there. And um, I did listen to my first bit of Christmas music earlier this week, only because one of the kids that I have in carpool that uh-huh. we pick up in the neighborhood, he requested, get ready for this, each day... I'm, I'm Monday, Wednesday, Friday, carpool driver. And each day, one of my daughters is the DJ one day. The little boy picked up the DJ the other day. My youngest daughter is on Fridays. And on Monday, first song, he said, what do you want to listen to, buddy? All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. That was the first song. So I said, okay, we're doing this. We are in the season. Here we go. It's jolly. It's bright. We're going to listen to some Christmas music. And Dad Hutton, said, got to admit, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it as much as I thought hearing that Christmas music. I would have said, uh, your Christmas tree's up, isn't it? Hud would have said, uh, how about something from Ramstein yeah. instead? <laughs> Not Ramstein. Do you have any Black Sabbath? Yeah. Can we listen to the Alabama Christmas album instead? Yeah. What is uh, uh, Pete Yorn? <laughs> I'm trying to think of yeah, someone, there you, you go. someone you would have uh, requested. Some singer-songwriter. Um, the, but no, no, no Christmas tree yet. Chad, the... Uh, the Texas Longhorns have said that Quinn Ewers is day to day, and he's Texas, and they're saying all the right. Sarkeesian's saying all the right things about hey, we, they're confident in what they're doing at quarterback right now in Malik Murphy, um, and I would be too based on what happened this past weekend against Kansas State because they nearly gave that game away with fumbles. But do you think we could see Manning, Arch Manning? For the Longhorns this season. That is something that no one is discussing. He's now the backup to Murphy as Quinn Ewers tries to get healthy. Um, whether or not they still make the Big 12 championship game in their final year there, that's certainly a topic. But what what the the factor and the the perception of the Texas Longhorns getting that small glimpse 
of Arch Manning if things aren't going well with Malik Murphy. That fascinates me because we don't really know what we're getting once they get to the SEC in that regard. They know about Murphy. They know about what they have in Ewers, and it sucks that he's you know having the shoulder issue. But what about Arch Manning? I think we're only seeing him if Murphy goes down. Yeah, Murphy's been pretty good. You know, the offense hasn't has been a big been. problem since he he came in, so he's not in danger of losing that job. The just curious me would love to see him in a pressure pack situation this year. If Murph, I don't want to see Murphy get hurt, but if that were to happen, just to let him throw the ball away too. That would be crazy to see him in in a big game down yeah. the stretch with Texas. You know, trying to cling to. Not just Big 12 championship hopes, but college football playoff hopes with Arch Manning playing. I know what Steve Sarkeesian wants, and it's for him to not play this year and to slowly come along and not have to wilt under the weight of the expectation that's going to be there with Arch Manning whenever he is the guy and the starter. They want him to have more seasoning, more time on campus, more time with the offense before that happens. But part of me wouldn't mind seeing him put into – a pressure pack spot this year. But I, the only thing that happens if Malik Murphy goes down. Well, the first depth chart that was released after the Ewers injury said Murphy or Manning. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's uh, semantics. I get it. But Sarkeesian's saying the right things about, yeah, we trust him. We're confident. He gives us a great chance to win. We're good. And uh, by the way, Malik Murphy is packed with confidence. And, you know, the, the, the moxie. He didn't show it. Uh, post-game against K-State, threw, what, two picks in that game. But it's it, that was uncharacteristic for him. I like I like the option that he gives Texas. I just think the storyline of Manning coming in and trying to lead the Longhorns to the Big 12 championship in their final year as a freshman is it kind of I think it would be puts amazing. a bow on everything. Oh, it would be incredible. And to get that sneak peek of what it's going to be like once he's around the – not around the program, but starting with that program full-time – I just still see it as it's going to have to be either injury or yeah. a really, really poor performance from Malik Murphy, which we have not seen yet, for him to relinquish that job and for Sarkeesian to want to go that direction right now. The plan has always been pretty simple. was He sits this year, he learns, and then probably next year he's the starter for the Longhorns. TCU also has their quarterback issues. They've, they're hosting Texas this weekend. Then Texas goes on the road to Iowa State. That's where the, the loss could come. Uh, and then they will host Texas Tech just before Thanksgiving. That's their remaining schedule. Not, I, a, I, not I, a bad setup. No, I still think Texas makes the Big 12 championship game. No, I do too. I think they'll be there. Against what, Oklahoma State? Possibly. Um, it, it's crazy the way – I mean, there was a five-way tie this past week at the t- atop the, the Big 12 – with teams with one loss, um, yeah. I, I think we're possibly looking at Texas versus Oklahoma State. Gundy trying to be the, 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 the one that issues the deliverance of both Oklahoma and Texas as they depart the, SE, or the Big 12 for the SEC in the same season. That'd be something. Chad, we discussed uh, about 10 minutes ago, well, Tony Petiti issued the deliverance of punishment to Michigan. And would it come this week if it does – I know you expect, and it's a great point to expect it tomorrow. What message do you hope he sends in whatever comes down? And should it go before their committee 
to approve it. That way there is a firm and decisive message sent, not just from the commissioner, but from the conference. What I want, Hutton, is for Tony Petiti to be 100% definitive one way or the other. I do not want vague. I do not want half measures. I want him to either come in there tomorrow and lay down the law and say, you have gone above and beyond. I don't give a damn if you say you didn't know about it. You are the head of this program, and I've got 13 other coaches and ADs that are angry with you over this. We are suspending you indefinitely, and you're going to be done for the rest of this year, Jim Harbaugh. And or you're not eligible for the Big Ten Championship. Or, Hutton, Mm -hmm. again, that's what I want. I want a definitive answer from Tony Petiti. The other response would be, guys, you're all doing this, this BS to different levels. You've all had each other's signs. You're circulating Rutgers, Ohio State, whatever the report is. You're circulating Michigan signs, giving it to Purdue. You're sharing intel, this and that. What they did was illegal. It is above and beyond. But this is an NCAA matter. And while we have all the info on Michigan, I've got enough info on everyone else also that I've been handed that I know the sportsmanship policy is in jeopardy for all of you. So what we're going to do is play this season out. If you hate Jim Harbaugh and Michigan so much, go out there and beat them a couple times the rest of the way. And until then, shut up. You're all, we're not doing anything. The NCAA can do it. This is an NCAA matter. I'm not going to weigh in on it. What I think we're going to get, though, Hutton, is what's going to kill me, is the half measure, the sort of in-between. While this is an NCAA issue, ultimately, the verdict rests with them two, three years down the road. They're not going to put that part in. But it'll happen two or three years down the road. We have enough information. We've got enough video. we got enough ticket receipts. we got enough Venmo transactions. we got enough testimony to say that Michigan violated the rules and they violated the sportsmanship policy. So we're going to suspend Jim Harbaugh for two games, which we already pre-negotiated. That part's not going to be in there either, but that's going to be what they've done with Michigan. And then we're going to move forward. That is what I think will happen. But what I want is them to be definitive on it one way or the other. I hope they are too. I Just from the common sense landscape of things, why would you open the door to this possible penalty if all it is is the standard violation of a sportsmanship policy? And why is the NCAA wasting their time if it's just a standard violation of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy? Well, it's not to the NCAA. The NCAA, well, this is far worse for them and the violations that they're doing. That This would be the Big Ten saying, that part is the NCAA's. The part that we're going to legislate right now is what we've heard from other coaches, that you have violated our sportsmanship policy, so we are going to do what we can do right now, and that is do a two-week suspension. The rest will ultimately allow the NCAA, but... This is Tony Petito's opportunity, Hutton, and you, you illustrated this to start the show, to say, we know. It's what Ryan Walter said last week to the media. Well, it's not a guess. We know what they did. Everyone knows what they've been doing. So what are we waiting on? This is Petito's chance to say, this is really bad. We're going to treat it as such, and we're going to levy a hefty punishment. Well, um, and I hope, I hope that comes, because if you're going to present things as we're doing we're doing this because the NCAA won't won't do it. They won't step in in a timely fashion and they're afraid of being sued. Keep in mind what Jim Harbaugh said in a statement when this story broke initially. I want to make it clear that I and my staff will fully cooperate with the investigation into this matter. 
and he's, he's responding to the NCAA, who informed the Big Ten, who then informed Michigan of this. But he went on to say, I do not have any knowledge or information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signs, nor have I directed staff members or others to participate in off-campus scouting assignments. I have no awareness of anyone on our staff having done that or having been directed in that action. So what I, the first sentence, I want to make it clear that I and my staff will fully cooperate with the investigation into this matter. To go from that, which was um, earlier in what, early October, to go from that to then now reports coming out that they are sitting back ready immediately, almost immediately, to file a court action that would bring forth a, an injunction, to me, that doesn't coincide with fully cooperating and then negotiating said suspension and then putting out or leaking that you're, you're sitting back waiting to file the, the suit in court. That, that seems and resonates to me as this is a threat that would get the NCAA to back off not bring forward some negotiated suspension with, by the way, the, the, the decision makers would not agree to with Harbaugh earlier this season. Michigan self-imposed a three-game suspension for recruiting violations. And a two-game suspension on behalf of the Big Ten stepping in is going to be considered, well, we're doing what we can. I think at this point, it's not been agreed to, Chad. And that's why Michigan's being proactive by pushing other storylines, or trying to, and also through CBS, a close source to Harbaugh in the ongoing situation, speculated that a court action would be filed almost immediately. Yeah, I hope you're right, because I kind of want chaos in all this. And we'll find out, I think, tomorrow. We'll probably get some sort of news on what the Big Ten's going to do, or if they're doing nothing. What, what about this same report that says they could just withhold television money and potentially postseason bowl money as part of this i think it's weak quite frankly based well, what, on based on what's going on what we don't know though is how steep the penalty could be it can be more than just uh, you know indefinite suspension for the head coach yeah look i mean tennessee just got the biggest fines in the history of the ncaa as part of the jeremy pruitt investigation mm -hmm. and no one nationally cared because well, they, they didn't lose bowl eligibility. They right. didn't look like, oh, they the slap on the wrist. And I'm thinking, a lot of money, but okay. You know, that's the biggest fines in the history of the NCAA that Tennessee lost and all that. But, but th even, that's what I think in this, everyone's going to view that as no big deal. Because while it's not true, they think, oh, it's just an endless supply of cash. But, they, but if you, And that's not going to be a big punishment. But that would be the same as an indefinite suspension to me because an indefinite suspension would keep him out of that. And you would have uh, more than a penalty of just, oh, you're not going to be the Big Ten representative. To me, that sends the, the message that you're at least on board with that, even if you know the injunction's coming and the court would allow them to play or coach or whatever. Uh, in the meantime, at least you can say that, to me, that would be, and it would be approved by a committee, that would be the message sent that we did what we could, and now we have to do this through the system of uh, not just the court, but now we also await what the NCAA would do. And by the way, this is something Petiti has said he doesn't want to do, which is be uh, battling something like this through the courts around Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that, why that sets up I, your, I your just, theory. I think if he does anything, he's already talked to Michigan about it, and they're negotiating 
what it is that's going to happen to where they're not going to get sued. He's going to Connor- do something that doesn't get him sued, and he's going to know beforehand that it's not going to get him sued. I'd love to be surprised on that, where he just comes in and says, suspended indefinitely, and then we get a lawsuit immediately. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think a lot of people were surprised, though, that Petiti's even doing this. Ali in the YouTube chat posed a question that we're going to ask coming back. Hashtag WWSD. What would Sankey do? That is a fascinating topic because these two men, one of them could emerge as the leader of college football between Petiti and Sankey. We'll discuss when we come back. Six the Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. College football playoff rankings uh, later this evening. We'll discuss that in a moment. Chad, Allie in the chat asks, what? what would Sankey do under the same circumstances? Now, let's just say a team, Alabama, all right, is under the same deal. Big-time brand, national program like Michigan, yep. right? How would Greg Sankey handle this? Chad, it, it, he would handle it the same way that Petiti's doing doing it. Um, imagine if this is Brian Kelly, uh, Kirby Smart, Josh Heupel. Just name, but go through all the coaches. They're voicing their complaints about said program, and this one is hypothetically Bama. You could switch it up and say Georgia, Tennessee, whoever. Um, if you have that same support, I think he would be doing the same thing. The question I would have is: Is Alabama or Georgia threatening? The, the same type of legal action because Michigan's been floating this out there for a while, right? Yeah. And it would also, I mean, this would be, this would be a reaction from fan bases on whatever, whatever uh, upper you want to uh, point to because you're in the, you know, the, the region of the, the heartbeat of college fans that either hate each other or they they're arm in arm because they hate the team that's involved in said scandal. Well, I, so here's my answer to this. Greg Sankey would do nothing. If it was Alabama, he would do nothing. If it was one of the top dogs in the sec, well, I, I firmly believe do, that. do nothing. Or to me, if Petiti just comes with a standard deal, that's also doing nothing. I don't, is there, is there even a sportsmanship policy in the S I know they, they suspend oh, people they, for fights and things like that. So I'm sure there is. The league can suspend guys for, you know, basketball teams get into a fight. Someone may get suspended for one or two games coming out of the fight. I mean, that, that stuff happens. Um, I, I mean, I'm just answering the question honestly. I don't think Greg Sankey would do a thing if this, was, if this was Alabama on the other side of it. I think he might hear people out and pretend to care what they're saying, but I don't think Greg Sankey, and maybe this is a difference between the two, I don't think he would do anything ever to harm one of his teams that has a shot at winning a national championship in season. He would simply put out a blanket statement, this is an NCAA matter. And the NCAA will investigate it. My hands are clean. We are playing this thing out. We know they're not going to come back with anything right now. And we're going to see what happens with this team. I, I honestly don't think he would do much of anything. I, I well, I, Because his response now is, well, this will lead to communication devices and helmets. Right, right. And, and that's the stand. See, I think that's, that is the strategy to play if you're looking to get two teams in the playoff this year. And... I mean, the, the, the path is there. 
if you believe that Petiti or the Big Ten could step in and keep one of theirs and the best chance, the best possible program to make it to the playoff out and do it by their their own decisions, right? Their, their own uh, committee and point to a violation of uh, the sportsmanship policy. Uh, and the path would be you have Georgia, who in, in this situation, this hypothetical, Michigan would beat Ohio State, number one team. They'd be, they'd move up. Georgia would be number one. And then you would have Bama beat Georgia in the SEC title game. How do you, that's the path to two teams from the SEC in because Michigan's not participating based on the Big Ten and their decision in this. That, that gets you two teams in again. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm predicting that. That's just the strategy behind, oh, we're going to have you know, helmets that, where quarterbacks can communicate. Um, but the, the other aspect too, Chad, is if, if you had your member schools demanding action and he didn't do it just because it's Bama, there's, there's no way that Sankey wouldn't act based on the majority... I think, too, the coaches in the SEC would be so much more vocal and out front about it. You think Kiffin and Brian Kelly, who even has an injury report weekly, they're all going to comment they, on that. They would talk. Kiffin, I mean, Kiffin talked today about, as Davey mentioned, the Dallas Turner hit on, yeah, on Daniel right. saying it's ridiculous. He's like, if that's not targeting, I don't know what is. Um, or roughly the passwords. But my, my, my overall point is I think there would be much, much more public sentiment for Sankey to act because no one really trusts the NCAA, but no one really knows Tony Petiti. You know, half the public doesn't know how to say his last name. So with Sankey, it would be way different. And everyone just acknowledges he's the, he's the guy in charge behind the scenes. The demand would be for him to be more out front with it based on the situation and because of who it is. Yeah, and let me let me also say, it, not just Alabama, Georgia, I mean, pick a team, Florida, Auburn. LSU. Yeah, LSU, big-time program on their way to a possible national title, undefeated. I, I just don't think Greg Sankey's doing anything to any of them, regardless of what the rest of the conference says. But maybe I'm wrong, and I think tomorrow we might find out what now, Tony Petiti does in this where, situation. Where I will agree with, I need to see what the punishment is or the proposed punishment, and then I can I would would Sankey meet this as a possible punishment? Chad, while I've been uh, discussing that, I'm, it's a good question by Ali. I'm going through and trying to find the actual policy uh, for sportsmanship in the SEC. Surely they have one. They have an ethics category in their rules. Yeah, I, I mean I, I'm assuming it's it's something like that. Uh, Jake asked the question, you know, what did Sankey do with Tennessee was under investigation? It's totally different. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's completely, you gotta, you, you gotta remove your mind from like the typical NCAA, a legal benefit, whether it be a fast food bag of cash or a shoe company getting involved or whatever it is. We're talking about very different allegations here with Michigan. And it is an orchestrated, planned system of espionage to get signs with a guy who was paid just to do that within the program and went illegally against NCAA rules and scouted off site many times over. 
This wasn't a once or twice thing. This was a whole orchestrated plan. It's completely different. Conferences are not getting involved when there's any investigation or allegations of someone paying a player or something going on. I, I can't recall a time where a conference commissioner's come in and said, did, did the conference come in and say, hey, Cam Newton can't play anymore when they went on and won the national title in 2010? No, it, it doesn't happen. So, again, just completely different stories. Well, and the other thing is that the, the sentiment of said story and the demand for something to happen. The meeting took place where you have the coaches. Uh, what was the, the phrase was vast majority? Yeah. The vast majority their, of coaches. Their right. thoughts on you've on, got to on that do something. Call. Yep. Yeah, that also plays into the discussion of what the commissioner would do. Instead of just if everything's equal and there's no buzz underneath the surface of the story and the NCAA is doing their investigation, which happens a lot, what the reaction would be. It's it also, I mean, it's more about what the chancellors, the presidents, and the coaches and the ADs are saying outside of the program that's being looked at and demanding than it is anything. Anything that the media or the fans want. Yeah. Um, I think he would do something. I don't know how harsh it would be. I just don't. I think he would act like he was doing something. And I'm not saying that's a dumb approach. I, I just, I, knowing nor, nor, Greg Sankey, he's all about the business of the SEC and making sure that the SEC teams that are good are in position to do something big nationally. So I, I just don't think, I don't, I don't think that would, don't think that would happen. Uh, Nicole Arbach, by the way, um, this came eight minutes ago from The Athletic. Michigan has sent documents to the Big Ten and the NCAA that it believes shows that Purdue, Ohio State, and Rutgers were sharing Michigan signals. This has now been sent to the Big Ten. Uh, story coming shortly, but sources said Purdue received Michigan signals from Ohio State and Rutgers, which we knew. This was 42 seconds ago. Um, again, not the same thing. If you get it off the TV broadcast – or you get it off the All-22, it's, it's very different. So Michigan's not claiming they have evidence of some sort of operation the way Connor Stallions led an operation for Michigan, right? They're claiming they were sharing info about them, which does sound like it could be in violation of a sportsmanship policy, but I don't know. I don't know how Tony Petiti's going to view this. But it does. I do get the sense, Hutton, that this is becoming more and more of a you're going to shovel dirt and you know what on us. We're going to shovel it right back. And, and, that and will, right before the ruling comes down, let's compile all, let's get all of our little birdies out there to chirp, chirp, chirp and tell us everything we know. And we're going to shove that information to the Big Ten and get it out there to friendly media and let them report on it. This is Michigan's last ditch effort to try to show something. I don't know what they're showing other than. Hey, uh, we did it worse than everybody else, but everybody else does it too. So, you know, show well, mercy on us. Well, That's basically what they're saying. Yeah, and, and let's also put into the discussion of what the other commissioners would do. Uh, this would also be the equivalent of like John Jancic, who's on the staff for Brian Kelly. Let's use LSU instead of Bama. John Jancic is wearing like Middle Tennessee State gear in week one against Bama, standing on the visiting sideline, with sunglasses on, with the light going... I mean, you, you think that wouldn't be different than um, John Jancic sending a, a, a Word document or a spreadsheet? Here's what we think we have on them. Right. 
um, and, and, and sharing that info. And then also, like, how did you obtain that info? And yeah. it, it, is it against the uh, sportsmanship policy? Because specifically, uh, from the NCAA's viewpoint, what's against the rules is off-site scouting, not obtaining information during a game. And how would you prove where you received that info and how? Um, if I'm Michigan and you want to spread dirt and, 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 and throw dirt on others uh, and create and dig a hole for someone else's grave, you don't go through just sharing information about who else is uh, trying to uh, steal signs. You do something else that's really black and white against the rules that you know and can prove has been going on, that you've stayed silent on because, you know, quote unquote, everyone's doing it. That's how you divert the attention to someone else. I think Michigan people think this is like a huge revelation. This is, it's weak sauce is what it is. This this is their last ditch effort to try to show something that, oh, you know, they they had ours too. I I don't, it's again, we're talking about two very different things. And at the heart of this, what I want to find out is if Michigan was going not just to create a competitive advantage for themselves or try to, but to affect other games, not involving them, right? It is one thing for Ohio State and Rutgers to say, hey, this is what we have. We want Michigan to lose, so they give it to Purdue, right? Um, And sharing within a conference to, hey, we're going to not only do this for ourselves, but we're going to do this to affect every rival and – we're going to take that a step further and try to affect people that are above us in the, in the playoff standings. And I also, like if I'm Petiti, I want to wait until I figure out how many people were in the circle of trust for this. Because it's not just Connor Stallions going to the Central Michigan sideline. Yeah, how deep He's does it go? has got people waiting to go to a Vanderbilt-Tennessee game, right? And then doesn't need to because South Carolina beat Tennessee. Uh, but there's a trust factor there that no one's going to you know, talk about what you're doing when you turn in these calls and how you're obtaining them. And hopefully they're smarter and they don't wear Michigan gear while doing so or another team's gear on the sidelines. Davey, you have a a line from the SEC Code of Conduct? Yes, so they have a whole thing under sportsmanship, but essentially under the commissioner, which Greg Sankey would have full authority, uh, this is Article 4, it states, uh, Section E, the commissioner is the official conference interpreter of Constitution bylaws, commissioners, regulations, and other rules, regulations, and legislations, and policies of the conference and the NCAA. He has the ability to do that, but then under penalties, it talks about he can pretty much impose any fine, suspension, or anything that is not specifically relegated to the CEOs, which would be your presidents or your athletic directors for each member institution. There you go. He could do it. Broad power and something he could do. I don't think he would, though. Just like Petiti's not going to do much. Someone needs to step up. Join us tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern.